Welcome to EQ2 LFG, the unofficial EverQuest 2 podcast where we take a look at the world of Norath from the player's perspective. News and updates, strats and secrets, bugs and bonuses. It's all right here, right now. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us for a very special episode. We're at episode six. I know last week we talked about a few topics that we were going to discuss in the next episode. However, we got some producer letters that have come out since then, and we wanted to go over some of the things that are in the producer's letters. So we've got Holly and Kander, who have both posted on the EQ2 website. We're going to talk about some of those things today. I am so excited for some of the features that I see coming further on down the road, but we'll get to those points. Yes. So the theme here is May 2nd. Everything that I've been reading, everything that I've been seeing, all the new stuff that they're putting out or they're talking about, all seems to be coming out Tuesday, May 2nd. So that's the date when we're going to see all these new features that we're about to talk about. Yeah, that's their next live update. So that's May 2nd. Well, they used to call them live updates. Now they're called game updates. And this is game update 103, the Menagerie. Wow, 103 live updates. Wow, that is a that's, lot, especially for, lot. what, 12, 13 years? What are we going on now? Well, 2004. Yeah. So yeah. We're almost at 13. Hmm, great. Yeah. So basically, Holly talks about some highlights, and then she gives a link on her page to the forums where Kander goes over a lot more details. So we're going to address mostly the details of what Kander's saying. Okay, so the first thing that he's got posted is called the Cooperative Competition, and he's abbreviated it to Co-Opetition. They've called it the Proving Grounds, and it's kind of like... Battlegrounds. They're setting it up like, as I read it, the Proving Grounds um, use the battle server technology where they're going to allow all players within a region, you know, a server set, to compete with or against each other. And since we're down to a handful of servers, I'm imagining that it's going to be all the servers will go into the Proving Grounds, you know, waiting room area and we all go in and compete against different servers and stuff. But it's not like, from what we're reading, I don't think it's like battlegrounds where you go in and kill each other it looks like you have to go through a set of challenges and you're racing the other team through those challenges and the first one at the end with the best time gets the best score and the way i understand it you can actually kind of block or stymie the other team through different things you can do in these these competition these proving grounds so i'm interested to see how this is going to work yeah the main theme that he said it twice the fastest team the fastest group the fastest time i think is what he exactly what he said it is more of a race against the other team versus you're battling against that team against that team and it says the fastest group in each round could possibly win an extra set of rewards and the acclaim of all their peers and you get your rewards from the victory merchant located in the proving grounds now a few of us were talking about this what i immediately imagined was you know how when they have the special events and they've got that one like erlissi day or brell day or whatever they've got that one event where like on brell day you go out into butcher block and you're racing around trying to get all the beer mugs and stuff and you as you collect the beer mugs the more beer mugs you get the more points you get and so at the end of the the round you have all these points and depending on how many points you get depends on the level of reward that you get that's why i'm kind of imagining not so much that we're going around collecting beer mugs there was something that said that would be killing mobs but this is all conjecture on our part at this point but i'm kind of excited for it because i really want to see it they also said that there could possibly be best of slot items coming out of these proving grounds so i'm kind of oh no it wasn't just possibly he said you can bet there will be some best in slot items yes Yes, you can bet there you go i see it right now you can bet there will be some best in slot for everyone who wants to participate so it's not just 
just, you know, the best of the best of the best. That's what gave me the idea that it was as you accrue the point, if you meet a, a threshold, you get the rewards for that threshold. Yeah, my favorite thing about this is that you can build your team with people that you normally play with. You already know your character. You already have, you know, your gear, all your hot bars. Everything is all set up. It's not like you're starting over on a new server, which they've done a few times in the past. And we'll talk about the new one that they're talking about now in the future. But I like this because you're just going to go into the proving grounds with your group, you know, strut your stuff, basically. Yeah. So I like this because you don't have to change anything about your current play to really prove yourself. Right. I'm really excited about this. I really want to get in there with some friends and, and take a look. I wasn't real thrilled with Battlegrounds because I always felt people coming over from PvP servers into the Battlegrounds and people that were in there grinding all the time, if you came in there kind of unprepared, you just never had a really good chance to get anywhere. But this way, you're already ready to get set, go. You're done. So I'm, I'm really interested in this. Yes. Absolutely. It sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. Now, something else I wanted to say, they said that the game update 103 is called the Menagerie and that it has to do with the next expansion. So what are what is our speculation on that? We already know Menagerie. Well, I think that Miracle. <laughs> well, Miracle, I think it's going to do with Miracle, maybe. I don't know. I think one of the other topics that's in this producer's note, Candor's Candor, is very telling about what it's going to be about next expansion. And that's later on in this article about the familiars. I think that's part of it. Ah, okay, we'll get to that then. Yeah. All right, so the next topic he's talking about is the Fallen Gate, which is a new TLE server. Those are time-locked expansion servers, except the way that this works is that they automatically open content every 12 weeks. It's not a vote. Like the current one, Stormhold, the players all go in and vote, and so it's based on basically what the population wants. This one automatically every 12 weeks they're scheduled and they will be going live how this one is special is this is the heritage quest server this one is all about heritage quest and unlocking rewards based on heritage quests that you do so if you are a player who hasn't come in at the beginning of everquest 2 back in 2000 and you missed a lot of those early heritage quests, this is the server that you're going to go play on and get all of those early heritage quests, basically. Yeah, and they're saying that as you are on this new TLE server, he says that as you complete heritage quests over there, you're going to unlock some really nice rewards for your characters on the regular servers. There'll be new achievement titles and rewards, but you also get stuff for your characters on the regular servers. And I'm not sure how I feel about this time-locked event server. Like last summer when they had that event server, you know, kind of thinned out the population for a while during the summertime for those of us that are on the regular servers. Everybody was over on the event server trying to get the baubles and stuff that they wanted for those really nice charms and stuff. It just kind of thins out the population a little bit. We need to spread the word, guys. We need more people playing the game. This game is awesome. We just need more people. People. Definitely, definitely. I hated the thought of them bringing out new servers and forcing players to go over there for rewards. I was totally against it last summer. I guess not totally against it because I did create a tune and go over there and, and play. But when I got the rewards from doing the things that were required, then getting the achievements on that server, and then I came back to my regular server and my regular t main tunes and got those rewards, it was definitely worth it because it kind of puts you a little bit ahead of the game. Unfortunately, you have to spread your time because then if you're creating a whole new tune on a new server, if it's anything like it was on the Trakanon, 
it's a lot harder to level. It's a grind, and it takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of teamwork, too. Right. The Trackathon server was exactly how the game was when the game first released back in 2004. And it was hard to level. There were no bonuses for leveling up and stuff. You don't have the veteran reward over there. You don't have anything over or didn't have anything over on the Trackathon server that you had on your regular play server that gave you a little extra oomph for leveling and stuff. And so it was it was like it was back in the day. I mean, just chugging along, getting your levels and stuff. And then I'm thinking that the TLE, the new Fallen Gate server, is going to be pretty much the same way when it comes to leveling. There's not going to be any bump or oof to leveling. You're not going to get any veteran rewards or anything. Yeah, they did call it a TLE server. They were very specific about calling it a new TLE server, so it will probably be the same rules as the other TLE servers have been, the Trakadon and the Stormhold. Okay, so the next one is the Kunark Ascending Epilogue Quest. Now, this one is freaking awesome because of the reward. I am so excited about this. So, oh, me too. So anybody who's gotten their Epic 2.0, you'll get access to a quest and event. This is where he talks about the next expansion and how this expansion's wrapping itself up. If you finish this epilogue quest, you're going to get the Rune of the Celestial. The Rune of the Celestial is your orange adornment that we've all been wondering. Anybody who's gotten their Epic 2.0, you've got your regular cyan slots, your purple adornment slots, your white adornment slots, and then you got this cool new orange adornment slot. Nobody's seen an orange adornment except in the Burnt Key Quest zones. When you get the Burnt Key Quest rewards, they do come equipped already with an orange adornment. However, we haven't seen any other orange adornments in this whole game. Yeah, it's everybody's been like, where's that? Have you seen anything? Have you seen no? I know. The stats, 100% max health for whatever's on your weapon that this is going to go on to. 200,000 ability modifier and an effect called the Celestial Gate, which when it's proccing, it says it interferes with the use of some forms of ethereal energy. But then on a hostile spell cast, it may cast Celestial Gate, which when it triggers and goes off, will increase your fervor of the caster by 150. I think it's going to be just like it is on other proc items that have, it says this will only trigger once every 30 seconds. It says the Celestial Gate lasts for 12 seconds. It triggers about 2.2 times per minute, increases the fervor of the caster by 150. And then it says this effect can only trigger once every 30 seconds. So even though it can trigger 2.2 times per minute, it's limiting itself to twice a minute from what I'm reading. When it procs for 12 seconds, you have increased fervor of 150. So this is where bards come in because bards have that nifty little and warlocks too I think have a nifty little ability that will increase proc rate. And that's going to be awesome because if it can increase the proc rate even though it says it only is every 30 seconds but it's 2.2 times per minute that might be where you can squeeze in that point too. I'm kind of excited for this. I'm definitely going to have to be running this quest on my girls. You have to have your epic first. And they made getting epics a little bit easier. We'll talk about that in just a second. All right. So the next thing is the new Kunark Ascending Heritage Quest. So we do get a brand new Heritage Quest. I like that because it's new content for us to work on instead of grinding the same things over and over again. I have my Epic 2.0. I've got all the best gear on my main tune. You know, really, the only thing I'm doing now is trying to finish off all that ascension xp and maybe get some more tithe but other than that i'm just grinding zones there's nothing no new content left for me to do so this is nice because a heritage quest 
is always fun because it, it's just something different. Yeah, and uh, they haven't said what it is. Um, there's going to be a heroic portion to it um, that gives you the heritage item. And then there's going to be an epic portion that will upgrade the item. So I'm thinking it's going to be kind of like the locket quest out of Oval Plains where you talk to Jenna down on the beach and you get the heroic quest line where you go in and talk to her but then when you go in with a raid force and you talk to her again you get the upgraded item which I think was a necklace that was really nice a really nice neck item so I'm thinking that's the same type of deal so we don't have any information really any more information on this heritage quest but as soon as we find out we will definitely share it with you guys the next item up for discussion is the summer ethereal event so new events are coming they don't want to give too much away they say there will be a new best in slot cloak So everybody who went through and did their trade skill and got the trade skill cloak, this one will be replacing that, I'm sure. You know, and that's just really, that's just mind boggling because if they're going to replace that trade skill cloak to make it best in slot, I'm just wondering what the stats are going to be like and the resolve and everything on that new best in slot cloak, what it's going to be. It's like, because right now the trade skill cloak is pretty much best in slot that I've seen so far. And it's pretty nice. That's why I leveled up. from scratch to level 100 trade skillers so I could get that cloak. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people who didn't trade skill before trade skill this time because, number one, you have to have it for your epic, and number two, for that cloak for sure. Yeah, well, the epic, yeah, but for that cloak, oh, my gosh, you know. I I do trade skill. I had already had, you know, three level 100s, but they don't raid, and my two girls that I'm raiding with, I had to, like, level them up from, like, the beginning because... Damn it, why couldn't it have been somebody I was raiding on? <laughs> yes. So a special characteristic about this cloak is that it also has an orange adornment slot, which we've only seen so far on the epic weapon. So that's going to be something else that now you've got an extra orange adornment slot. So now we're going to get more orange adornments into the game. And they're, and they're saying it's going to be also available during this ethereal event. I'm wondering if it's going to be like it was with Salombra, where the ethereals were based on coins that you collected versus going in and getting a random drop. I'm wondering how that's going to work. When they did it in the Salombra one, you had the chance of both, really. I mean, you would always get the coins once you finish the quest But you also got that opportunity at a random drop. Yeah, not me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were one of those lucky people, my yeah. hus- my husband did. Yeah, I my RNG sucks. I, I have no RNG really. I just, I, but I watch people all around me getting all these different really nice items from their RNG. But but so I'm I'm interested to see how that works. If it's going to be a random drop or or like you said, both. What's really going to be interesting is how they're going to try to balance this. So you've got your summer ethereal events which people are going to be trying to work on really, really hard because those look like they're really good rewards. But then you've also got that Fallen Gate TLE server. Yeah. So that's kind of spreading people really thin. And if you are just now getting your Epic 2.0 and you're trying to get your ascensions up and grind all that out, there's a lot for you to do. There's really a lot. You can never be bored anymore. If you don't have it now, I mean, I know several people that are working on their fourth ascension are close to completing their fourth ascension for that charms. They're not so far behind. Some of us are a little further behind. We're still working on our second ascension. <laughs> It's okay. I have so many scrolls saved up because I just, I've been working on two tunes at one time and it's been really, really difficult to try to spread out the time. But yeah, we'll see. This summer, I'm just going to be playing like a maniac. I'm going to have to take some vacation days or something just to grind out my ascension. No kidding. (laughs) 
Which brings us to the next topic, familiars. And this is where I think the menagerie thing comes in for the next expansion. I mean, this game update is all the menagerie. But I think this is going to lead into what our next expansion is because they're bringing familiars into the game. Now, exactly what are familiars to EverQuest 2? Because it says they're just these creatures and they increase your ability to channel greater power. And then he writes that system-wise, this means these creatures will primarily focus on overcap statuses, such as fervor, crit bonus, etc. Currently, the crit bonus cap is... 4150. Oh, is it 4150 or is it 4000? And then if you get your, your epic, if you get, your epic, you get 4150. Right. So this is going to make it even more. Yeah. And I didn't even know there was a fervor cap. Good Lord, I can't even get my fervor up that high. No. My coercer has a 79.8 fervor with her buff. And when she's heartbound. And I see it spike up into the high 80s. Somebody's procking something or something that's giving me extra fervor after that. This is going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see how these familiars are going to work. They can be collected. You can be the master of them all. Yes. Kander has a screenshot up of his own character. And underneath mounts and above mercenaries, there's a tab in your character window for familiars. Well, it will be. And he's got all these different kinds. The first one looks like a lion. There's like a dragon's head. There well, looks like multiple different types of dragon's heads, maybe a basilisk, a, a, maybe a panther kind of thing. I'm not quite sure. There's like a drake. Uh, I'm trying to figure bear. out. There's a bear. There's a dragonfly. There's a wolf. There's that commodore, like the mount, the commodore mount, the leaping mount. There's a, the head of one of those in there. Maybe a rotonga. I'm not quite sure. Some sort of m- mouse rat type thing. Thing. I, I can't quite tell. But we'll find out May 2nd, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm really I'm really interested in these. And, and it says they're not controllable. They may be hidden. You can only have one up at a time, but you can use any familiar you own as an appearance item. And they're saying familiars can be found from many sources within Norath. And um, I read, was it on Holly's post, that they can come from the public quests, from the coopetition proving grounds, and missions? Is that what she said? So they're basically going to act like a deity pet in a way, because you can't really control the deity pet, and they just kind of sit around and hang around with you. They're a stat buffer is what they are. Just yeah. like like your deity pet buff stat, that they don't do anything but buff you and give you buffs. And I think that's what these familiars are going to do, is they're going to give you additional buffs. And so I wonder if you can have a deity pet up and a familiar up. Well, I would hope so. At the same time. <laughs> because they did have a limit on how many pets you could have up at a time. Because I know on my warlock, I used to have like my <laughs> my deity pet, my my buff pet, my soca car, my cat, everything following her around because she kind of plays like a little witchy witch <laughs> yeah we're gonna need to do an entire episode just on all the pets because yeah. we've got swarm pets and deity pets and just it the list goes on so i'm, I'm thinking that this is going to act like much like a deity pet and that it's going to be a stat buffer and it's not going to do anything except be there we'll see i'm i'm, I'm kind of excited about this though i kind of like the whole idea of having these familiars buffing you i love buffs i'll take any buffs they want to give us <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So the next item on here is the passive deity abilities. Now, I'm not calling out bugs and bonuses right now, but I'm going to say I feel like this is a little bit bugged. And I'm pretty, from the right up here, I'm a little not happy about this. (laughs) So 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to hear, you and I both know we're going to hear a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth and ashes on the forehead and the rending of the garments because there have been people out there just grinding ties like crazy. And they've got 30, 40, 50, 60 deity points into potency or crit bonus or whatever. And this is going to kind of hit them hardest because they've really been dedicated at leveling up their, their deity points. Some of us not so much, but... No, I live with one of those and he is not at all happy about this. So what it says is that they're going to be changing the passive deity abilities. It specifically reads, first, while the passive deity abilities have been very successful in giving players something that their experience can always be used on, the gap in power for those that have been investing in the abilities is growing beyond what we wanted to see. Basically, people have been grinding a lot faster than what they expected is how I read that. Yeah, I know somebody that runs dozens of instances going all over the place to gain you know, Didia points, gain tithe and stuff, and just grinding and grinding and grinding. And I think he's got like 70 potency on his Didia points. And so it's like, you know, he does some crazy damage because of it. I kind of see where the devs are going with this because <laughs> 70, Lord. Yeah, I might be exaggerating, but I'm, I know, I'm pretty sure he's, if he doesn't have 70 yet, he's pretty close. So what they are going to do is after 30 points in potency, crit bonus. They didn't say anything about stamina? No. Say anything about stamina. No. no, it's the damage portion of it. They yeah. they don't care about, I don't think they don't care, they don't really care about the health aspect because you're not doing any damage with the, the, the health. It's the damage. It's the crit bonus and the potency that's ramping way out of control. Yeah, so after 30 points, you're going to see diminishing returns and that's where people are starting to get bent out of shape. Uh, yeah. The net gain for players with less than 30 points in those abilities will not be as impacted. Right. Because, and to go with that, they are also decreasing the mitigation of the Kunarik extending heroic and raid encounters. So they're kind of trying to balance the two out so that the guys that are over 30, they're still going to be doing a lot of damage because mitigation has been reduced. But the people that are under 30 points, they're going to see an increase in their damage to the, to the mobs because the mitigation is being decreased. So it's kind of a, I think they're trying to balance it out a little bit. I don't know. They have said that they don't have an ETA lockdown yet, but it's high on their priority list. So they will be changing that sooner rather than later. Well, the one thing that they do say about the passive data abilities, which makes me kind of happy in my heart, because, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I, I have all these girls that are just have been sitting on the sidelines saying, when can I play? When can I play? Let me out. But I've been focusing on my, my raid girls because they're the ones that need to have the ascension. They're the ones that need to have the deity points. They need so much now with this expansion that my alts have been just kind of sitting back and, and withering. And so the second thing that they're going to be doing with these passive deity abilities is they're going to to make it so that your alts on the live servers will benefit from the highest level of each of the passive deity abilities. I'm wondering if it's going to be like the loyalty tokens in that you're going to have a common pool for your deity, for your tithe. I've actually talked to a lot of people that were had brought that up and said, man, I really wish they would have deity points or a tithe points that you can spend on deity points as, as a common yeah. pool for any of your tunes to use. Because once you max out you know, 10 in each of the three categories, then you could use it on an alt. What would be all really cool, and I don't know if the devs are listening, but if you guys are listening, if in the future you could give us the ability to respec or like, like the reforge respec of those, because I know people would be ecstatic about that ability. 
please, 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 please. Because I spent my DD points in the wrong area to begin with. And now right. I'm having to end up on the other area. <laughs> that yeah. would be awesome if we could reset our DD points and not pay like a really stiff penalty for that. Make us make pot. Don't make us lose DD points. <laughs> yeah. I would even be happy. Remember back in the day when we had to go through and find the the elements to make the mirror to be able to respect your AAs? I would even be happy if they made some sort of quest line that made you go find these components to build something that allowed you to once a day or once a week or whatever respect your deity points. That would be cool too because that would bring more content in and give us a little more flexibility in our character. And it's a quest, EverQuest. It's a quest. Right? Yeah. (laughs) That would be an awesome thing to do. Give the carpenters something to build to reset your deity points like they used to have for AA spec, the AA mirror. Give us a a deity mirror or deity block or statue or altar or whatever you want to call it and um, let us reset our, our deity points. When this expansion went live, a lot of us weren't doing deity points that way. We were buying miracles for raiding and stuff. We weren't accruing deity points because we had no clue that, in stupid us, in the next expansion, they would play such an important role in character development. I am guilty of that for sure. I spent a lot of deity points on miracles. (laughs) But you know what? In the last expansion, those miracles came in handy for sure. they did. Yes, they did. And maybe some new miracles, devs. I don't know if you guys are listening or not, but if we could get some miracles that are, I don't know, maybe catered more towards the raids or even the heroic end end mobs in those heroic zones, something that would really help us along with that and... I think if they sort of coincided together, that would work. Trin has this little wish list. Isn't that <laughs> That's one of them. <laughs> yeah. So one of Marina's favorite things is our next topic. And she is really, really excited about this. She's been talking about it ever since this post came out. She's been talking about, actually, she's been talking about it since we started this podcast. And when we're offline, she's like, I really wish that the, this, the classes were balanced. This, and that's what they're bringing back. This is my mantra. This has been my mantra since this game started. And I've always I've always been kind of a traditionalist in the various roles that each class plays. You know, if you're if you're a heavy buffer, you shouldn't be out there doing, you know, top tier DPS. If you don't have any buffs, you should be doing tier one DPS. And so this with this next expansion, not with this update, I'm I've always sang this song that said a bard should buff and not DPS. Give me an instrument as a bard to enhance my buff. You know, make it so I'm not swinging a weapon, but give me instruments and stuff that, like, kind of like the old EQ1. I'm, I was a bard in EQ1. And um, give me instruments to make my buffs make the group better. Don't make me do DPS in order for my group to do better because I just don't DPS on my bard. I know a lot of bards that do, but I am not one of them. I am. I believe in buffing. I believe I'm a, I've always played support classes. And it's always baffled me why all of a sudden people that pick these support classes are griping because they're not DPSing. Well, if you want to DPS, roll a ranger, roll an assassin, roll a swashbuckler, roll a, a wizard or a warlock or a, a conjurer or a necro. Don't roll a bard and then complain that you can't DPS. Like I said, there are there's anomalies out there. Well, we know a couple of them that can DPS like crazy. But for the most part, bards that have buffs or enchanters that have buffs, they shouldn't be expected to be putting out a lot of DPS. Make their buffs better to enhance the group. 
make the group better, not see, I told you I'm really passionate about this thing. (laughs) Yes. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with this 100%. And being a healer, they did specify that they're going to give more support buffs and debuffs for healer classes. So in that balance, I'm excited because I do a lot of DPS on my healer, or I feel like I do most of the time. I think I try a lot harder than I probably should. And my husband's a bard, and he does a lot of DPS instead of doing the support roles that we were created to do and that we started out doing 12 years ago, where which I was pure heals and he was pure songs. And I think ACT has a lot to do with that. And a lot of these end raid mobs, when you have DPS checks and things like that that they put in place, I'm hoping with this class balance update, they change the mob to where you need all of these components to work together. To me, I, my, my shout out goes to the devs that thank you for that. I'm hoping that they take them back to more towards their traditional roles and instead of listening to you know the, the people that like the idea of playing a bard, but then they're upset because they're not DPSing and so then they do things to make the bard DPS and then the bard has to DPS in order to augment the group and I don't think that's the way a bard should work. I think a bard's songs and their, their, their buffs are what it makes the group better. It's the same with the enchanters too, wouldn't it be? Yeah, the, the enchanter, exa- absolutely. I play a coercer, I raid with a coercer, and I raid with a dirge. Again, the coercer buffs are really nice, but they could be so much better. And like the hate transfer that a, a coercer gives, they could be so much better than what it is. Just things like that. I like the way Candor wrote it, saying that they'll be doing a major revamp of class balance, focusing on bringing each class back into line with their intended roles. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the specific areas of focus will be tier one DPS classes that are not performing as well as desired and more support buffs and debuffs for several healer classes and expanded support for enchanters and bards. And that's the line right there, the expanded support for enchanters yeah. and bards that made me very, very happy. Okay. So the next thing that they've got on here is a level 100 character boost. I don't know how I feel about this because it says to help any of our returning players jump right into the Kunark Ascending, we will be granting all accounts a claimable level 100 boost bobble from May 2nd to May 15th. So it's it's only two weeks and they get the bobble. Uh, that bobble will set the character to level 100 and grant a crate of gear so they can jump right in to the start of the Kunark Ascending and the Proving Grounds. I do know a couple of friends who I won't name on here, but who left before this last expansion. And I thought about them during this expansion because I was like, oh, they'll never come back if they have to. Then all the stuff, all the grinding that has to be done, all the faction that has to be done, they would never come back because they would be so far behind. So in a way, I like this because it will bring a lot of returning players back. And we love having returning players. We love having a population on the servers. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's great. This game is, is almost 15 years old. You know, I'm not, not quite, but we're getting there. And there are people that left three, four years ago, and they look at coming back and they say, oh, my gosh, level 100. I'll never get there. I'm level you know, 60. I, I left the game. I was level 60. And I've told them, well, come back because there's all they've got the 
agnostic dungeons and stuff, there's all kinds of ways to get leveled up pretty quick. But they still, it's, for them, it's very daunting. And so they just haven't come back. And so with or the level 100 boost bobble, I think that might encourage them to come back, and especially because it comes with the gear. Yeah. So they're not standing there naked at, at a level 100 and saying, well, I can't afford to buy anything, not especially the way server prices are anymore. They explained it that they would be able to jump right into Kunark Ascending or the start, the start of Kunark Ascending and Proving Grounds. As far as ascensions and tithe and the extra little things like that, I don't know how this is going to work out with that and if that's going to, if they're going to get any kind of bonuses with that as well. I sincerely doubt that they'll get any kind of bonuses with Ascension or Tithe. I mean, because that's the start. You know, we started working on our Ascensions at the beginning of Kunark, Kunark Ascending. And Tithe is not that hard to get, really. I mean, you just have to spend a little bit of time to get it. It's just doing it. With the normal everyday play and stuff that they would be doing, they would still get the Tithe. They, they wouldn't be that far behind, I don't think, on the Tithe and the Ascension. Um, and the Ascension, you know, went a lot faster than we thought it would go as far as even with the revamp and stuff because we know people that are close to getting their fourth ascension and getting that charm piece. So I think I think it's a good thing. I think this level 100 character boost, you know, we just need to get the word out there. We need to you know, tell people, come back, look at it. They got a level 100 character boost. You guys are not going to be that far behind the, grind, the, the curve now. Yes, we need to get the word out because it's really for only two weeks that they're giving that that bobble so that character boost bobble is only available from may 2nd to may 15th and we need to get those people back in so that they can claim that get it and get right back into the grind with us and we can have our happy population back yes i and i don't know if this is going to be only for it doesn't say if it's going to be free to play or the all access people i i don't know we'll we'll find out when may 2nd comes as far as whether or not I know there's going to be a lot of haters who are like, oh, I've worked so hard to get my character where it is. And now you're just like granting these people this fancy gear and you're giving them all this stuff. If they're level 100, all they have to do is claim this stuff. We have to think of it as it's really encouraging people to come back. It's a positive thing. Yeah. The the game is old enough now and stuff that we need to have people feel like it's not going to be daunting to return. When they look at the where they're at and where they could be, a lot of them don't come back because it's too much. It's just too much. And this was, this makes it so it's not too much. And they do do this periodically. Like they had the level 95 character and they had the level 90 character. And then they had the thing, the, the bobble that grants you 300 AA. So you could get current. We'll see. I, I hope it works. Which brings us to the next one where I know a lot of people are going to be really griping about this, especially those of us that have worked up two factions. But I'm- Absolutely. <laughs> no, I agree. And you know what? As, a, as someone who has rolled through two completely different characters, one healer and one tank, and had to do the front to back on these epic 2.0 quests. I don't care. I am so happy that they gave us this faction bobble. I am oh. ki- I'm blowing kisses again, guys. I'm blowing kisses again because th- this makes me very, very happy. Like I said, my I've got girls sitting on the sideline here that I'm thinking, well, if I get her and her, maybe I'll only get two more epics. I don't know. People think, well, two more because I was trying to pick and choose what I was going to bring forward because of the fact faction grind because the faction I have on my girls they're all everyone's got the wrong faction set <laughs> yeah yep. you know so yes with this faction grind, I mean I have a lot of the signature timelines and, and everything the signature quests and the timelines done it's and the heritage quests done it's just that faction and and I have to say taking my my coercer through her bash of the tranquil faction was painful but I did it and now I have another mage that I can if they when they bring this in I'm going to be so thankful Thank you guys so much. Yes, I completely, I completely <laughs> sympathize. 
Ah, the pain that it was causing me emotionally and mentally. Because I have four characters that I really love. I have a warlock, a troubadour, and I pay no attention to them anymore because I thought, oh, this is just what you said. This is too daunting. It's so much to do. And so I've got my tank, my healer, my mage, and my scout. And just with all everything that encompasses the epic 2.0 on those and of course that's the main goal that's where everybody's trying to get to is that epic weapon between the cloak and the epic weapon there's a lot to do plus your ascensions and your your ties so i'm, I'm not trying to be like a negative nelly here i'm not i'm just saying there's there's a lot to do and those of us that have like trin she's got one of each class i've got six girls that i i really love to play right now i'm down to two because i, I can't do the other four i just can't there's just no time. And this is going to make it so much nicer. I'll be able to do that because they do have most of the other groundwork done, most of the other footwork done. They just don't have the faction grind down. And this will make me happy. Oh, my God. Yes. So how it reads exactly is for Epic 2.0, the faction bobble. It's called uh, Guise of Pursuit. Once you completed your Epic 2.0 quest on any character, which means all you have to do is have your Epic 2.0 on any character on your account. Then you can purchase this guise of pursuit and any alts on that account will be able to get this faction bobble. What it does is it raises the faction required for that character's epic 2.0 to the max level so that you don't have to worry about faction grinding anymore, which is so nice. Yes. Yeah, you still have to do the signature quests. You still have to do the timelines. You still have to do the heritage quests. And I and I, I completely get that, and I completely agree. But it's that faction grind that was just, I had to build up my faction for the rhyme with my dirge, and I had to bash in the tranquil and Zuladies with my coercer. So I'm very happy that this is going to be put in. Yeah, if I never have to do Othmere faction again, it will be too soon. <laughs> It will be too soon. <laughs> and my warlock has the Othmere faction. She's got max Othmere faction, but my defiler and my templar do not. So this this is probably the best thing in, like, the highlight of the entire post from Kander is this faction bubble. He did bring it up. He kind of hinted to it or brought it up uh, in a Discord channel a couple of weeks ago, and everybody's been asking almost on a daily basis, when are we going to get that faction bubble? When are we going to get that faction bubble? Well, it's going to be out May 2nd. May 2nd. Yay! (laughs) Alright, and the last thing that they have on this post is AMA on live servers April 26th, 27th, and 28th. AMA means Ask Me Anything. So the devs will be on and they have a schedule for it. April 26th, 27th and 28th. Now, at the time of this recording, we are reading it the day after all this posted. I'm going to try to get this all edited tonight and get this out to everybody so that all this information is available to you guys. We'll also put links in the show notes so that you can go straight to those pages and check this out. He's got the schedule posted. Uh, They will be in general chat for each server at specific times. Hopefully, it coincides with your playtime so that you can ask those questions. If not, give your questions to a friend or whatever you need to do. And they're server specific. They have dates and times. They're on for one hour increments. So you need to make sure you know what server they're going to be on at what time so you can catch them. Yeah, we're going to be raiding when they're doing their little bit on our server. You realize that, right? Uh, Don't think I still won't ask them. They'll be in general (laughs) chat. (laughs) Tran, why is your tank dying? (laughs) Actually, you know what? I'm not going to be at the raid that night. I'm going to be out of town. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
you won't yeah you won't get to ask them well send me a list of questions and i'll ask them all right well that's it that wraps up everything from candor's candor and holly longdale aka holly windstalkers posts if you guys want to check it out you can check the links in our podcast and thanks for joining us all the topics that we promised that we would talk about in the following podcast we will get to in in the upcoming podcast but we just wanted to give you the special presentation of some of the highlights and what's going on in the everquest world and in norath yes we'll see you or hear from you or talk to you again here real quick if you guys have any comments or any questions for us you can email us at admin at eq2lfg.com. Follow us on Twitter at eq2lfg. We have a Facebook page. Just go to Facebook. Just search for eq2lfg. Uh, and you can also subscribe to our podcast and listen to us every time we upload something. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll see you very soon. See you guys.